0: Welcome to the Lubar Executive Education Podcast. This episode is the first in a series focused on the topic of defining the five KPIs of manager value: sales growth, productivity, retention, quality, and customer satisfaction. My co-host for the series is Derek Van Mel, founder of the Center for Management Terms and Practices. And in each episode, we will break down one of the key performance indicators of manager value and talk to a business executive about some real-life examples around how that metric is used and the benefits it can have in your business. Today, we will discuss sales growth. And before we jump in, Derek, can you get us started by clarifying if we're talking about the value of management
1: ability or leadership ability? We're talking about the value of management ability. And uh, our simple definition of a manager is someone who helps people work together. And a generalist manager is someone who has to work among all the different departments. So the common sense answer to your question is, Organization cannot meet its big challenges unless everybody's working together. And then, as you said, there are several important uh, KPIs that really show whether or not managers in these different areas are able to pull everybody together in the organization and focus on this one key thing. I think a key idea is that if you just make a 1% gain in any of these KPIs, whether it's sales or productivity or or customer satisfaction, that's a huge number. And chief executives are used to making decisions about indirect benefit, but here we're going to bring some numbers to it. And uh, I think people will see we have not been valuing a good manager the way we should have. So
0: at this time, I'd like to welcome Kevin Hickman to the conversation. Kevin is a senior client executive with Nexus Solutions based in Madison, Wisconsin. He has a 21-year career leading award-winning sales, marketing, and operations teams that have produced in excess of $1 billion in revenue. Kevin has served as the president of both the Society for Marketing Professional Services and the Wisconsin School Public Relations Association. He's been featured as a speaker on sales and sales planning topics at dozens of industry conferences, is a published author, and was awarded the Society for Marketing Professional Services Forward Award for Achievement in New Business Development. Regarding sales management, Kevin's a true believer in the value of KPIs and just recently implemented an ambitious plan which achieved a 250% increase in client conversion rate, securing over $240 million in new contracts. Welcome, Kevin. Derek and I appreciate you making time to be with us today and to share your thoughts on this topic.
2: Well, thank you, Mike and Derek. I appreciate you uh, having me. And uh, yeah, Derek, I think is is right on the mark. And I've got a, certainly a couple stories to start to share with you that really get into the uh, positive aspects of KPIs. I think, first, in my mind, it's critical uh, to emphasize that a manager, in, a, in this case, a salesperson, agree on how success will be defined in a measurable way. Because, after all, at the most basic level, I think that's why KPIs are important. Because, think about it how often have we heard a salesperson say something along the lines of, you know, besides generating sales, as Derek referenced, you know, I don't know how I'm being judged. And certainly sales uh, people are judged by more than just generating sales. And even worse, how often have we heard a manager perhaps say something like, I don't need to explain to my team what success looks like. After all, that's why I hired the people uh, that I hired. So you see a KPI in my mind um, is only ever as valuable as the action that it inspires. I've got quite a few stories, and and, and one of them in particular uh, I recall is earlier in my career, I really enjoyed being able to speak to what was called the Young Leaders Group uh, a few times each year. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that was made up primarily of, of 50 or 60 or so technical or support professionals. They were very early in their construction management careers, and often they were folks like project managers or project engineers, site superintendents, but none of them were salespeople, but all of them could impact sales in a measurable way way for the company and my job in the hour or two i had with them was to articulate a few uh, very simple yet important actions that they could take to influence the success of the company and therefore uh, their own success and success in their in their careers so i begin by sharing with them that in the eight hours that they would sit and train in that particular day one million dollars of construction would be put in place by the company at $1 million. So you didn't hear that wrong. And I emphasize that amazing number, not because they should be impressed by, you know, how big or or efficient the company was, but, but because they needed to clearly understand how much revenue needed to be replaced each and every business day of the year. I would then tell them, you know, a few stories about people within the company in roles just like their own that had major impacts on the growth of the company through some simple sustained actions. And most people sat in the very chairs that those folks were sitting in and they were viewed as significant contributors in the company. And in fact, I would point out the most successful leader or project management leader in the company, he began as a carpenter and he rose to become the highest uh, compensated project manager in the company. And he managed the highest margin account in the company because of his performance relative to KPIs throughout his career. So I I would share with them, Mike and Derek, one important thing. I would say, if you're gonna do one thing and one thing only in the next year, never end a conversation with a client or an architect or a subcontractor or supplier um, without asking one simple question. And the question was, hey, what are you working on and how can I help you? What are you working on and how can I help you? So whether they recognize it or not, I was giving them their first KPI, their first actionable measure of success at least when it came to what they could do to impact the future growth of the company. And of course, again, the growth of, of their own careers, because I, if they asked that question uh, consistently, I could almost guarantee, you know, perhaps not on that first conversation or even the second or third, but at some point they were gonna get an answer that yielded a valuable opportunity that would lead to real business for the company. So that was, uh, that was a, I think, a pretty good example of how in a simple way, uh, discussion around KPIs can yield some some pretty good results. So the bottom line is that meaningful KPIs and those that will move the needle, in fact, in my mind, create the actions that you intend them to. They have to be actionable. I'll use my own company, Netsus uh, Solutions, as a as a quick example. We keep it very simple. Um, we share a mutual definition of what success is. And I started out today by talking about the importance, but. Everyone in the firm, they've got a specific role in the success and they understand that. And they understand how they they will benefit from that. importantly too, I think we're willing to acknowledge what our strengths are and our weaknesses uh, and we're structured to be nimble enough to pivot when we need to. Um, The KPIs we have, we consistently communicate them throughout the entire team. Uh, I think it's important to do that because in a lot of firms, you may have seen this yourself, uh, silos tend to get created within the firms. And uh, that's something we've managed uh, as a culture uh, to, to avoid doing, and it's, it's really been to the benefit of the, of the firm and our clients. And then our, our leadership models, models the behavior needed as, as well, I believe, in terms of uh, how it is that we need to put a focus on KPIs and and, and most of them are around um, clients and serving clients both for the short and the long-term. So, so that's um, a few examples as Derek said, and you said, may move um, may move the needle by 1% or may move it by more.
1: Kevin, I really, I really um, love your comment. A KPI is only as good as the behavior it inspires. You bring up the point about sales growth as a raw percentage. Um, one seems to me, I'm going to ask your reflection, you know, a leading indicator versus, versus a lagging indicator. And I mean, do you have any thoughts about that as you've set? you know, as Nexus has set its goals and as you've set your goals within Nexus for your own team? Well, certainly, I, I think um,
2: not only in our industry, in just about any industry, you make a good point that you need to have a balance between looking at the leading and the lagging. But when it comes to Nexus, um, on the leading side, I, I tend to boil things down into top 10 lists or the key three to fives, but we've got our, our quote-unquote top 10 list that tells us these are indicators that... Um, our particular client will likely need our service in the next two, three, four, five years. And we keep a very close eye on, on some of those indicators. And you know, I, I won't divulge all of them, but a couple of examples might be if there's a new leader in that particular um, client. That generally indicates uh, when a new leader comes in that um, not, not, not that um, uh, far after that, that they will likely need our types of services. Uh, Another key indicator may be if they're um, entering a strategic planning process of some sort. So there's things like that that aren't maybe traditional that we keep an eye on
1: for sure. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, maybe I'm stating the obvious is, you know, it's one thing to get 1% of sales growth, but it's really the point is getting 1% of the right kind of sales (laughs) in growth. And, uh, you know, it takes, you know, having the right business model to support that.
0: Kevin? What PL improvements have you seen or
2: experienced in the past as a result of having targeted KPIs in place? Well, I think that's a great question, Mike. Uh, you know, there's some great examples of how relentless focus upon actionable KPIs, in my opinion, can really have a significant impact on PL statements throughout my career. So it's important to note throughout, you know, most of my career, I've worked within industries with quite long sales cycles, and, and those can be measured in months, if not years where the average investment uh, made to close the sale, you know, can exceed uh, tens of thousands of dollars, even hundreds of thousands of dollars. And because of the time and dollars it it takes to close a sale, every sale uh, is taking on that much more significance in the process. So I know a lot of us experienced, and and maybe we don't want to remember it, but the great recession of 2008, which really had a tremendous drag on the economy for a number of years. And in 2009, I worked for a a large commercial construction management firm that in my opinion, really had weathered the uh, Great Depression fairly well. But we were only closing 17% of all sales opportunities that entered our sales pipeline. So we knew we had to put an ambitious focus on our KPIs around sales and marketing to get a much better return on investment than we were getting. So uh, a group of people really, really put our heads together. We focused on targeted KPIs around the three to five key uh, aspects of the sales process that we knew based on our data had a significant impact on sales results. So some examples included putting a focus on the timing of when leads were generated within uh, the pipeline rather than simply the quantity of leads that were being generated. Uh, another good example was including um, the rate or monitoring the rate at which we said no to deals during the sales process, rather than simply finding as many opportunities as we could to say yes. And another example that I remember was we, we really put a focus on all of us agreeing on what the specific standards would be for the types of decision makers and influencers that had to be identified within that client organization at specific points in the sales process in order for us to keep investing that time into the, into the selling process. So to make a long story short, we were able to take that 17% closing rate up to a closing rate of over 60, that's six zero percent. And we sustained it for 10 quarters. Um, so that significant increase in closing rate yielded both record revenue and profits for the firm at a time when others in the industry were still struggling, frankly, to recover from the impact of the great recession all with less opportunities actually flowing through the pipeline. And I'll repeat that, you know, record revenue and profits with less opportunities going through the pipeline. So pretty, pretty fun story to remember and pretty um, amazing to think about the process that we went through to really focus on, you know, a relatively small group of KPIs, but very meaningful ones that really did have a positive effect on the p statement.
0: I think most uh, organizations would really like to benefit from uh, your story there and, uh, and have those results. Moving on, what skills and knowledge uh, do you feel are needed to improve sales growth KPIs that, uh, and some of the ones that you've mentioned? Well, I appreciate
2: that question, and I think this, this harkens back to some, some of certainly the generalists. Uh, thoughts of management that that Derek referenced early in the discussion. But I think as a manager, um, first, you you have to develop your ability to recognize what I call movement versus motion within your sales team. So for example, you may have a salesperson uh, that is outstanding at generating leads. They literally come to you every day and, and say they found that next uh, great opportunity, or they had a great call with a decision maker, and and only to have that opportunity kind of fade into the shadows to re- be replaced by the next big opportunity and the next big opportunity, and that might be uh, a, a real good example of a salesperson that generates a lot of motion, that fails to generate real movement in the sales process, and and that type of salesperson, unfortunately, they're rarely going to have a real measurable impact on KPIs, <laughs> unless of course your KPI is to simply generate as many leads as possible. But the other hand, um, perhaps you have a salesperson that places an emphasis on you know, methodically advancing an opportunity through the sales process in a way you know, that doesn't necessarily guarantee success, but does guarantee that she identifies what that next step will be and is prepared to take action on that next step. And in my mind, that's often an example of a salesperson that will generate a lot of movement towards closing a sale and have a real impact on KPIs. So, so bottom line, as a sales manager or a manager in general, you must be able to identify and coach movement versus motion uh, and eliminate as much of that motion as possible in order to improve performance against um, against KPIs. A um, couple other quick examples, uh, you know, I think you need to make sure you understand, again, back to salespeople, understand why salespeople often fail. Uh, I think much, much at the time we tend to think we should hire uh, the salesperson with the deepest network or the most extensive industry knowledge, perhaps someone with an aggressive nature or they've, they've got a great demonstrated track record of success. And I don't dispute that the importance of those qualities, uh, I think salespeople though don't generally fail because they lack in those qualities. Uh, salespeople fail uh, because they lack the ability to uh, listen, the ability to identify when to speak, and of course when not To speak and salespeople fail because they don't uh, often know when to ask questions or even i think uh, what questions to ask in order to generate meaningful information Uh, salespeople they're going to fail because they lack emotional intelligence and i know that's been a topic of some of your other podcasts because it's so critically important and it really prevents them from having the ability to adapt in ways that's going to help them achieve their goals and and salespeople you know in my mind fail because Often they don't know when to ask for help, uh, or they may believe that asking for help demonstrates a weakness on their part. In reality, I think we know as successful salespeople, they surround themselves with talented collaborators most often. So as a manager, you, you've got to evaluate your sales talent based on the actual qualities it takes for that salesperson to be successful. And all the while recognizing that the qualities so many sales managers consider the most important, they're simply going to be, uh, I guess, the icing on the cake. When, when it comes to it. And then finally, um, I think just in closing, you should love the process as much as you uh, love the outcome. And by that, I mean, you should continually invest in understanding what it takes to achieve high performance relative to your KPIs, uh, rather than doing what a lot of us um, naturally do, which is just focus on monitoring the progress against those KPIs. So for instance, you know, ask yourself, do you understand what actions truly drive results And what KPIs are truly going to drive those actions? And do you understand if what you're defining as success is what your salespeople, for instance, are defining as success? And finally, do you understand if your hiring, your training, your coaching is developing the right types of salespeople that will drive the sustained growth of your company? So, some simple questions I think that people can ask to kind of uh, put a focus on their KPIs, certainly, but then what they're doing relative to the KPIs to have consistent performance.
1: Okay, Kevin, I pick up on that, on your point about, uh, you know, the training and development of, you know, someone who wants to be, you know, the path to the success that you've had. um, how, How is your own training in, you know, seeing how all the different parts of the organization play a role in sales? So you talked here very helpfully about what, a salesperson, business development person needs to know and do, uh, but it's a team effort, isn't it?
2: And very much is a team, team effort. I think it's an important point to make. And, and I think that comes certainly with maturing uh, in your career uh, through experience. You learn some of those types of things, but I know early in my career, and I wish I could put uh, uh, my finger on exactly the moment it happened. I really can't, but the light bulb went on where I said, you know, for, for, for me to continue to grow, for the company to continue to grow, I certainly have to, as a manager, do all I can to help the folks around me continue to grow. And once I did that, and I, and I let go of, of the natural inclination managers often have to want to control and, and feel as though the only way it's going to get done well is if they do it, um, people flourished. And, and, and I uh, you know, really saw some incredible ideas get generated, some incredible progress get made. Um, And to this day, uh, some of those folks, um, you know, are still in in, in my professional um, circle and it's amazing what they've achieved um, just because I got out of their way (laughs) is really what it came down to. So, So to me, that's a lot of fun.
0: I really like the notion of motion versus movement and calling out the importance of salespeople having emotional intelligence and being collaborative. What advice do you have for organizations that are looking to get started? implementing KPIs or aligning the efforts of people to those KPIs? Yeah,
2: a good question, Mike. And, and I, I think I'll just um, answer that by talking about really what's on everybody's mind right now is, is again, the impact of um, how the economy and, and, and their business probably has been affected um, by uh, what's going on in the world right now. And and I I say that because when you think about your KPIs and, and what you're going to put a focus on to create meaningful results, uh, you have to really, first of all, think about your decision-makers uh, with your clients and what's motivating them. And what I certainly have found, um, Mike and Derek, is that um, decision-makers right now are thinking in a, in, a, in a fairly short time horizon, 90 to 120 days. So for a lot of us that have um, sales cycles that are traditionally very long, or even for those out there that maybe have um, more transactional types of sales, be thinking about what you can do to solve the short-term problems and how, through a KPI, you can incentivize that type of action in your in your salespeople, for instance, rather than sticking with a model you may have, which is all about, you know, having a long-term. Outlook on solving issues for clients because I have found that if you have a long-term outlook and you approach things that way, although it's valuable to them, it's gonna be tough for them to hear you right now. So bottom line is think about how you can get folks to focus, think about how you can get folks to actually listen. And I think you'll have better results, at least in the near term right now, when you think about how that translates to establishing simple and effective KPIs. Thank you.
1: So I heard a bunch of really important things. You know, pick KPIs that inspire the behavior that you want to see get everybody in the habit of asking, you know, customers, what are you working on and how could I help? Well, that's an attitude changer. And, you know, the motion versus movement and that, you know, having a balanced set of indicators, you know, we called it the balanced scorecard not so long ago, you know, it's just, you know, it's just so tremendously important. And uh, you, you touched on the hardest thing last, which is, you know, for a good generalist manager to get out of the way. So I, I, I know that you've done that. I've watched you do it and uh, the results are there. So You've, got, you've earned more than your 1%, Kevin, so thanks. This has been fun. I really appreciate it. I always enjoy
2: uh, sharing some knowledge and, and um, helping folks out, so thanks for having me, you guys. You are welcome.
0: In closing, I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. Good luck as you move forward on your leadership journey, and check back for our follow-up episodes, where we'll build upon the concept of calculating manager value with additional metrics and real-life examples.